Does an MBA program with an outstanding job placement record appeal to you, especially if those positions are at iconic companies like Amazon, Microsoft, T-Mobile, and Starbucks? And what if this program also has exceptional ties to the startup community in Seattle? If your answer is yes to these questions, you're in luck. Today's show is with the Director of MBA Recruitment and Admissions at the Foster School of Business. Welcome to Admission Straight Talk, the podcast dedicated to graduate admissions and helping you approach the application process thoughtfully and successfully. Your host is Accepted's founder and world-renowned admissions guru, Linda Abraham. At Accepted, our mission is to get you to that unforgettable moment when you read your acceptance email and shout, yes, I'm in, confident you'll be attending the perfect program to help you launch the career of your dreams. Welcome to the 461st episode of Admission Straight Talk. Thanks for listening. Now, you've seen the stats that most people have a great return on their MBA investment, but what about you individually? Are you going to see that return? And how much is it likely to be? We created a tool that will help you assess whether the MBA is likely to be a good investment for you individually. Just go to accepted.com slash MBA ROI calc, that's MBA ROI C-A-L-C, complete the brief questionnaire, and you'll not only get an assessment, but the opportunity to calculate different scenarios. And it's all free. Again, use the calculator at accept.com slash MBA ROI Calc to obtain your complimentary assessment. It gives me great pleasure to have for the first time on Mission Straight Talk, Amber Yankee. Amber earned her BA at Chapman University and then went to NYU where she earned her MA in Higher Education Administration and Student Affairs. She also started her career in higher ed as the Assistant Director of Admissions at NYU. She moved to Foster as Associate Director of MBA Recruitment and Admissions in 2016 and became the Director of MBA Recruitment and Admissions for Foster School of Business in 2019. Amber, welcome to Admissions Straight Talk. Thank you, Linda. Really happy to be here. Pleasure to have you. Now, I'd like to start with just some general questions about Foster and then get more specific and focused on admissions. And to start with a really basic, can you give a basic overview of the full-time MBA program at Foster for listeners who may not be that familiar with it? Yeah, absolutely. So we have your kind of classic two-year full-time MBA program here at the Foster School. The first year is very focused on that strong MBA foundation, so focused on leadership, teamwork, and we're very big on hands-on experiential learning here at Foster. So you get that in the first year curriculum. And then the second year, our students get to choose the elective courses that best suit their career goals. So uh, we don't have specific concentrations or area of studies that students are required to choose. Instead, they really get to customize their degree in the way that makes sense for their career goals. So do they graduate with a con- concentration or not, not, not at all? So they don't graduate with a concentration. So they graduate with it with an MBA, but we really uh, encourage them to be able to share about the things that they've learned and worked on on their resumes. So really to uh, focus on that more on, on their resumes. And is the first year lockstep where you're with the same cohort? Yep, we are a lockstep program. We're a pretty small cohort. We typically have no more than about 125, 130 students. So we're very focused on community and culture here in Foster. Our students are very big on helping each other achieve their goals. Certainly our students are very driven and want to make a positive impact on the world, but they also want to help others do the same. And it's something that I think is pretty special here at the Foster School. Okay, so you expand the pie. You don't 
cut it up, right? Exactly. Okay. What don't people know about Foster that you perhaps would want them to know? Or is there a myth out there about Foster that you would like to dispel? Uh, you know, I think um, certainly there is an impression and there is some truth to it that there is a lot of um, interest in placement and technology post-MBA here at Foster. Um, we certainly have the benefit of uh, having many technology companies right in our backyard, and certainly our students are interested in that, but we also have really strong placement in marketing and consulting and finance as well. So that's, that's one thing that I think sometimes people are a little bit surprised about. We also, while we have amazing companies right in our backyard, and certainly do have a lot of students who pursue careers at those companies, post-MBA here in Washington, we also have students that are working across the U.S. as well. So we definitely have an expansion across the the U.S. Where do most of your grads go? Outside we do, of Seattle? Yeah, outside of Seattle. Yeah, California. Um, we've seen uh, Chicago, New York City. Really, as we see more tech expansion, certainly we've seen that as well as we have actually had some more students interested in CBG lately. So um, we've seen more placement um, in other areas as well in the country. Now let's turn to the application. Foster encourages applicants to take the GMAT or the GRE. However, it does allow applicants also to apply without either test, provided they complete the test optional summary of qualifications. So I have a couple of, I have three questions actually on that one. Do you have any plans or does Foster have any plans to consider the executive assessment exam? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I, I know I'm here really talking about the full-time MBA program today, but we also have an evening MBA program, which is based on our full-time MBA program. Um, and it's a very similar experience. They also get access to the same career resources as our full-time MBA program. We are currently accepting the executive assessment for our evening program. And so we are going to see how that goes and we might consider it for full-time in the future. But right now the full-time MBA program doesn't accept the executive assessment. Okay. Who would you advise to apply without a test score? Yeah. So we have uh, a long FAQ on our website, which I encourage people to go uh, take a look at and really read in depth, but I'll try to summarize a bit of it today. Um, okay. So people get a sense of what that is. Certainly we think there is some value in the GRE and the GMAT, and that's why we still encourage people to take it. But we also understand that people may come from experienced or backgrounds that already show that proficiency and that exam might not be as helpful to them, or that people may have had trouble accessing the exam, especially with COVID these past two years. So we wanted to create a pathway and an opportunity for people to show quantitative and analytical readiness outside of an exam. And we ask our applicants to answer two questions uh, in the application if they're choosing to apply test optional. One is uh, how have you shown readiness through your uh, prior academic experience? And how have you shown um, quant and analytical readiness through your professional experience? And then we review the application based on the information that is provided to us. So it is really a personal decision. It's different than a waiver because I know a lot of schools are doing waivers. Instead of the school making the decision for the applicant, the applicant is making the decision on how they can best present their, their application. So, and we felt like that was important. They know their, their background and their skills and their candidacy best. And so we want them to be able to have the opportunity to provide that information to us. Um, we also do have admissions counselors who are happy to meet one-on-one -on -one if applicants are trying to decide, am I a good fit to apply test optional? You can absolutely uh, schedule a time to meet one-on-one -on -one with us as well. Um, this is our first year 
a doing test optional. And so we are definitely learning and we um, are committed to doing this for at least two years here at Foster. So, and we'll see how that kind of goes in the future. It is interesting that it's not a test waiver. In other words, like you say, they're making the decision and that they're going to choose how to apply. So if this is the first year, then you don't have any stats in terms of how many you accepted from last year or anything like that. Is that correct? That is correct. That is correct. So unfortunately, I'm not able to share much yet, but we'll know more in the fall. Certainly, we have seen applicants effectively use the test optional option (laughs) as part of their application so far, but we've only released decisions for for our round one so far. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, Foster's class profile for the class of 2023, i.e. those who were admitted last fall, has some pretty impressive stats, right? 704 average GMAT, which was up from 692 a year earlier. That's a nice, nice jump. Uh, 321 average GRE up from 318 a year earlier. 3.42 average GPA up from up from 3.37. So that would show that you obviously one of the things that you value are good stats, good academic stats. But what else do you look for in an application? Yeah, this is a really good question because certainly I think when people look at our profile, they start to think, oh, I have to fit these particular criteria, but that is definitely not the only thing we are considering about the application. And and I will say we look at our applications holistically. So we are not looking at just one element of the application. We're looking at everything. And so we are looking for students who are curious. Um, who want to learn from others, who want to make a positive impact on the world. As as I mentioned, that's something really important to us with our culture and our community. We want students who are innovative, who are problem solvers, and who really want to be part of a close-knit community and make a greater impact. And so those are things that are really important to us. We want students to be able to walk into the classroom and know that they have a true member of their team, not just in a team they've been assigned to, but somebody that's really rooting for them to get over the finish line. And they're going to do the same for their classmates. Okay. So I guess uh, evidence of teamwork, like I say, innovation, problem solving, that's a, gives us a good idea of what you're, what you're looking for in addition to the stats or in context with the stats. You know, I mean, I, I think in general applicants that you have two groups, you have those who overemphasize the stats, they can cite them chapter and verse, and then you have those who just want to ignore them. <laughs> and either one, uh, I think, is a, an incorrect uh, approach to the application process. But can you give us some insight into what happens to an application after the applicant hits submit? How are the applications processed and evaluated to determine who actually receives an interview invitation? You, you have a fairly small class and you have to be selective. Yeah, happy to. And I will add just to back up for a moment and share a little bit more about, you know, what we're looking for. We are also looking for our students to learn from one another. So we expect students to come in with some level of expertise or knowledge or experience that they're going to contribute to the cohort, certainly. And that is something that we consider when we're looking at applications. So as I mentioned, we have that holistic review. And so once people hit submit, there are a couple things that happens. One is once they hit submit, they'll receive some follow-up from us and they'll be invited to do the video admissions interview. And everyone is invited to do that video interview. And so 
people are asked two questions as part of that. It is really meant to get to know applicants a little bit more to see how they think on their feet. And then once we receive that video interview submission, our admissions committee sits down and starts to review applications holistically. So we're looking at every um, aspect of their application and determining who is competitive to move forward to interview. It's tough because we receive a lot of applications and we cannot move everyone forward to an admissions interview. It just isn't possible with the number of hours in the day. And it is a competitive pool. And so we are really looking for people who demonstrate academic readiness, who show uh, readiness in terms of their career. They don't have to be a leader yet, but you want to show leadership potential. And then looking um, at other aspects, you know, have you done your research into the program? right? What can you share with us about not just why you want an MBA, but why you want an MBA from Foster? And then you, once you're invited to interview, there are some other steps in the process as well. Right. And one of them is a video essay. Well, the video essay becomes before the interview invitation. What's the purpose of the video essay? Yeah, it's really just to allow people, or I should say the admissions committee to see how people think on their feet allow uh, people to share a little bit about themselves personally. There are no trick questions as part of the video interviews. There are questions about people's experiences, but just so that we can get a sense of the applicant outside of their written application and definitely to um, learn a little bit more about how they communicate and who they are. All right, it's also about English fluency for those people for whom English is not a native language. Yeah, it certainly can be. Um, we do require English language proficiency per the sure. University of Washington requirements, but yes, we can use that as a tool as well. Right. And what can applicants expect if they're lucky enough to get invited for an interview? Yeah, um, well, I will say our admissions team loves doing interviews. We do something that's a little different than some other programs in that it is the core full-time admissions team that is doing the interviews. So we don't have students doing interviews. We don't have alumni doing interview. We have the admissions committee doing the interviews. And so- but it's one-on-one, -on -one, right? It's not like and a it, team of- Yeah, interviews. it's not a team. It's one-on-one, -on -one. it's one-on-one. -on -one. Um, though some of our other programs at Foster have kind of a more of a team aspect, which is kind of fun. But for the full-time program, it is a one-on-one -on -one interview, really meant to learn more about you. Uh, candidates should approach it as though it were a job interview, but expect some questions that are going to be a little bit different than you might receive in a job interview, because of course we're, we're wanting to learn more about uh, their MBA goals, what they're looking for in an MBA program. Again, there's no trick questions. I always tell applicants when they're nervous, you know, this is about them. They're an expert in themselves. They, sh they should be ready to answer the questions. And really, you know, we're, we're looking for that potential to join the program in the admissions interview. And now a word from Admission Straight Talk sponsor. Applying for MBA programs is difficult enough. Keeping your resumes, application materials, and letters of recommendation organized should be the easy part. Join the 1 million plus scholars who use Interfolio to store these documents, request letters of recommendation, and apply for academic opportunities. Check it out today and enjoy 10% off with the code ACCEPTED22 at interfolio.com backslash accepted. Again, that's interfolio.com slash accepted and use the code ACCEPTED22 for 10% off. What's the most common mistake you see applicants make in the application process? I don't mean typos. Yeah, no, that, that that's stuff. fair. Um, whether it's, you know, 
before they apply, while you know, for completing the form or on the interview stage. And you can list more than one if you think of more than one. Yeah, I have a couple that I want to share. One is not being authentic in your application. I think sometimes people believe as though the admissions committee wants to hear just one thing or a certain thing. And, and really what we're trying to do is get to know each individual applicant authentically. We want to know uh, who you are. We want to know what your, your goals are, your dreams are. We want to know truly who you are and what your experiences have been. And it's time and time again, I'll talk with an applicant for an info interview and they say, well, my friends are telling me I shouldn't, I shouldn't, you know, share this very lofty goal. And I'm like, well, you should, you know, you should think about what you really want to achieve, certainly have a plan B, but like, if that's really what you want to achieve, you're going to want to share that as part of uh, your application. So that is one thing, like people feeling as though they, they can't be authentic in their application. And I would encourage you to do so because if you, if you aren't authentic, we'll be able to see that in an in a interview, right? So that's really important. The second really is just not doing research on the program ahead of time. We know you want an MBA, but why do you want to foster MBA? We have, we're a small program, we can help you achieve certain things, and we want to know that people really want to be part of this type of program, but you got to do the research on your end as well. It's not just about the MBA, it's about what you are looking for in an MBA experience and doing some of the research ahead of time to learn if you think a program might be a right fit for you. You don't have to have figured it out yet, right? That's totally fine. That's part of the MBA application process. But start to do some of the work on your end to really understand about not just why you want an MBA, but why you want an MBA from Foster or maybe another program. You know, I, I sometimes talk to applicants and they'll say something like, I want to work for Microsoft or I want to work for Amazon, or they'll name some other company and some other school. But is that lead you to believe, well, why do you want to, and would your response to that be, that's a good reason? Or would it be, why do you want to work for Amazon or why do you want to work for Microsoft? I mean, certainly those are part of people's goals that they might have right. certain companies or roles in mind, but an MBA program is not just about what you do immediately post MBA. It's about what the experiences for the two years that you're here. It's about what you want to gain, um, how you want to learn, how you want to grow, you know, for five years, 10 years down the line. Plus, you know, it's your professional for, life. Exactly. For your professional life. And yeah. so really understanding, try, you know, you might not have a sense of exactly where that journey is going to take you, but I think, you know, having that sense of understanding what a program can help you achieve and what you're, you're going to be able to contribute and learn from a program is really helpful too. My piece of advice that I always give applicants and I, I definitely have borrowed this from one of our assistant deans who has since retired is that you want to find a program where you can thrive. And that's what I really see our students doing here at Foster. We want students who are going to come here to make an impact and, and really, you know, be able to take advantage of all those opportunities now and later, because that's really something that we see as a, a true benefit to our community. It's not just about what's happening with our students now. It's our alums who come back. It's what's happening in the greater Seattle community or the greater community, business community, where we see our students making an impact. And I think that's really important. Okay. Wonderful answer. Thank you. We asked listeners recently what they would ask an admissions director if they could, if they could be sitting where I am now. Okay. 
And we had a wonderful response. And here are a couple of the questions that were posed. The first one is, what surprises your students most when they actually start at Foster? That is a good question. I thought it was a good question too. <laughs> um, you know, I, I hope that we are, we really are trying to do our best to, to make sure that people have all the information um, as they prepare for the program and really understand what are they surprised about? I think that um, the collaboration is not just lip service. Like we are truly a very collaborative community here at Foster. I actually received a note from one of our current students uh, first year students who just said, I knew that Foster was a place where I wanted to be. And, and I knew that the community was really important, but I, I didn't anticipate how my classmates would be so helpful. So uh, coming from so many different backgrounds, being able to learn from so many different people. So I think people understand it in theory and in concept, but when you see it in practice in the classroom, I, I, I I don't know if it's a surprise as much as like, oh, like this, I'm getting this much impact from it. Um, uh, so I think that that's something that's maybe a little bit of a surprise. I don't know if that's unique to foster as much as how instrumental an MBA experience can be, but certainly it's something that we are very focused on here at foster. That's great. Thank you. All right. Here's another one from our listeners. This is one that's very specific to international applicants and maybe sometimes a domestic, but the questioner is an international student. How do you consider international students who apply to universities and cannot pay at least five to 10% of the fees? Do you get irritated and wonder if they consider the university as a charity home? No, not at all. We're not irritated. And I'll share a little bit more. So Seattle is a global city. Our MBA program is a global program. We want international students. We want different voices, different experiences in our classroom. And we know that people are coming from all different sorts of backgrounds. Everyone who applies to the Foster MBA program is automatically considered for scholarship. So that is something that we consider. And we have been fortunate to receive some more scholarship funding in recent years. So while not every single student receives scholarship, a significant amount of students do. Um, and if we're able to offer in-state tuition, we do try to do that as part of a scholarship package. Okay, great. I think I would help that question very much. Hope he's listening. <laughs> what, what advice do you have for applicants applying this cycle, but, uh, and, and who are denied and they want to reapply? Yeah, of course. I will say, I'm not sure when the podcast will be posted, but for listeners who, if, if it's um, up before mid-March, we do have one more round for round yeah, actually, three. Actually, I think it goes up March 15th. So okay. So we'll, it's going to be posted for next year. It. Okay. Yeah. Um, for people who are applying this year and are not admitted, we always encourage reapplications uh, reapplicants. Um, what you can do is reach out to us over the summer. You're, and we say this in our email as well. But you can set up a time to meet with an admissions counselor one-on-one. -on -one. We're not going to be able to give you specific feedback on your application, but we can talk to you about what you think you can do better, how to address reapplying, um, and how you can really show your, your best self in the application. Every year, we admit somebody who's a reapplicant. So sure. I just want to encourage people that just because this year didn't work out doesn't mean next year won't work out. And it, it can be dependent on the applicant pool, maybe an additional year of work experience is really going to give you some valuable experiences that you didn't even realize 
we're going to be helpful for your application the next year. So I encourage you to reapply if, if you, and to reach out to us if you plan to do so. Great advice. Thank you. And what about your waitlisted applicants? I assume you have a waitlist. Uh, should they provide you with updates when they have something to say? Yes. And we actually tried to demystify this a couple of years ago because we weren't realized we weren't explicitly telling people, yes, you can follow up with us with the updates. So now it is stated in our waitlist notification that they can absolutely reach out to us. I try to respond and let people know because I am listed in the email and, you know, just that we appreciate them reaching out. Um, and then we'll consider any updates along with their other application materials. Okay, great. And what advice would you give to someone thinking ahead to a fall 2022 or later application? Yeah, I would say it is never too early to reach out and start getting to know the foster school. We are just starting to open up to in-person events Ooh. on campus, which we're very Whoa. excited about. So you can, you can actually start visiting campus? You can start to visit here. Well, we're just starting to introduce events. So we're, um, Washington State is starting to open up some restrictions. So we're hopeful that in the spring, we'll start to offer a couple in-person events. And then as we roll into summer and the fall, we hope to bring back more of the events that we've had in person. Though, of course, uh, I think you've probably heard this from other schools as well. Virtual has given a lot of access. Our virtual events have given a lot of access to folks, but we would like to be able to bring people back on campus. Our students are on campus, but we just haven't been able to open it up to guests yet. And I hope that we're going to be able to do so here shortly. We have uh, actually an event for our part-time MBA program coming up here next week on campus. So we're super excited to see how that goes. And then moving forward, we hope to open up more. That'd be great for multiple reasons. Yes. <laughs> um, that is good news. Is there anything you would have liked me to ask you? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I think one thing that um, I didn't touch upon is just how, about how amazing our faculty here at Foster. It's something that I'm not sure that Foster sees enough attention towards. Um, our faculty are doing a really amazing research in their fields but they're also amazing teachers and they know our students on a first name basis. They're invested in their success. And so when I talk about, you know, that student community that are invested in one another, the faculty and the staff are part of that too. And I think that being part of a small community like that, you know, with the faculty know your, your name, they invite you over to dinner. I think that's a pretty amazing experience for students. Okay, great. Well, thank you for, for highlighting that. Amber, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Where can listeners and potential applicants learn more about UW Foster's full-time MBA program? Yes, they can go to foster.uw.edu and you can visit us on our full-time MBA site. Sounds good. We're going to include links in the show notes at accepted.com slash 461, as well as to related articles and interviews. They're all linked to at accepted.com slash 461. And a quick reminder, don't miss the MBA ROI calculator. Find out how much your MBA investment could benefit you financially. Take the quiz at accepted.com slash MBA ROI calc, MBA ROI CLC. Listener, thank you too for joining Amber Yankee and me for our 461st episode. If you find the show worthwhile, please subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any future shows, be they with admissions directors, professors, current students, alumni, test prep pros, or MBAs doing great things. You'll find subscribe links at accept.com slash 461 or at lovethepodcast slash AST. 
Thanks again for coming. This is a Mission Straight Talk produced by Accepted, and I am your host, Linda Abraham. I'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>